Good morning. I want to celebrate with you before I jump in. Last week in our ESL, English Second Language Ministry, um, we got to see four more, we've gotten to see so many follow Jesus, it's so exciting, four more adults give their life to Christ, which is awesome. Yeah. Two, two of those adults who gave their life for Christ are a couple, married couple, from the Ukraine. And we're, we're, we're seeing different people from different places all over the world trusting in Christ. And it's just cool. Thank you for those of you who are part of the ESL ministry. We had two more who rededicated their life to Christ and said, hey, I've been running the wrong way. I'm going to turn around. Now, last week, we invited you to invite friends uh, in our church we believe the Great Commission is our mission. We will say we measure engagement over attendance. Like we want people to really learn to follow Christ. But there are a few times, and last Sunday's one of them, McKinney Christmas, where we're like, hey, let's bring our neighbors. And y'all did that. And because you did, we had 600 more than we did at this time last year for McKinney Christmas, which is a big deal. And yeah. And our prayer is, our prayer is that what we can do with those that have, if you're here and you're a guest and you're here in the room, uh, we want to help you learn to follow Christ. We want to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. Same thing with those who've said yes at ESL. Uh, we, want, we want you to not just know that Jesus died on the cross for your sin and believe in him, but learn the joy of following Jesus in your life. And so as we seek to make disciples, that's what we're trying to do. Because of also last week being up, we've added another Christmas Eve service, and y'all been teaching us, and we've learned actually the hard way, the earlier we put a service, the earlier y'all come. And so now we're going to add one, 1130 Christmas Eve, we have another service happening then. Uh, so just, yeah, thank you. Thank you also for spreading out, making room. Uh, we had some in overflow, but not a lot, and yet really God just allowed that to spread out through the morning. It was a beautiful morning uh, as we focus on Christ. If you have a Bible, I want you to grab it now. Turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. If you're new to the Bible, uh, it's a long way through, like that far for me. It's the last of the four historic accounts of Jesus' life, the book of John. We're walking through John during this Christmas season because in John, six different times, Jesus tells us why he was born. Maybe you've heard uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. In fact, probably you've heard that many times, right? That sounds like the cheesy line. Jesus. During our Christmas season this year, we want to hear Jesus's reason to start the Christmas season. And so we're listening to Jesus's words. And as we do that, I want to recognize that for many of us, and it was definitely true in my home growing up and it's true now, one of the things that accompanies Christmas is baking. My mom is the most epic Christmas cookie maker. Of, I mean, like, when we get together for Christmas, we as a family, an extended family, we decorate cookies. Y'all, anybody grow up frosting the Christmas cookies? Yes. Like, that's, that's, that's a big deal, right? 
in our family. Uh, also, monkey bread growing up, any, any kind of bread. Like, I, we never did really the fruit cake. How many of y'all are fruit cakers? I'm just saying, yeah? That that's came out wrong, I think, the way I asked the question. That's not what I meant. Yes, uh, but yeah, you like the, the bread, yes. Uh, but yeah, like, it's baking a company's Christmas. And today, today is Jesus. In fact, in the text, if you read all of John chapter 6, he brings up Christmas, him coming from heaven to earth six different times. And when he brings it up, there's going to be a primary illustration, and that illustration is bread. And so because of that, I'm going to bake here in the room. When you walked in, any of you smell the bread from last hour? Did anybody smell it? I see some nodding. A few, yeah, some of you smelled the bread from last hour. That's, that's really good. Because I don't want you to just hear Jesus teach of it. Uh, if it's his primary illustration, it keeps coming over and over and over in the passage. I want you to not just hear about it. I want you to smell it, all right? So I actually uh, thought about yesterday morning even, we, we, we baked in our house. We, we made blueberry muffins. I thought about actually mixing something up and then I realized that was going to take the whole time. Y'all don't want to see me. This is not a cooking show. This is a sermon for the record. Um, oh, where's the pan? Somebody's playing a trick on me here. I guess, oh, here we go. It's, aha. We got a pan here. We're going to put, anyone else stress you out when you pop one of these pans open? I'm just saying. And apparently I need to get the seam down here uh, or I will make a mess with the cake, the bread, not cake. And the other thing I've learned the hard way is with these kind of loaves, you have to cut them. This is not cheese. You got to cut the bread here in order for it to do well, all right? So here we go. We're going to start this little oven for an hour and a half. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> somebody was about to leave already. There we go. And we're going to see what happens, all right? I want you all to smell it. Before I read, John chapter 6 begins with Jesus taking five loaves of bread and two fish. And with that, he feeds how many? 5,000 people. 5,000 people. Jesus takes five loaves of bread. He does something supernatural, something the Bible calls a sign, pointing people to who he is. And afterwards, they take up leftover, after everyone had eaten their full, they take up 12 basketfuls, big basketfuls from these original, just it was one child's serving of food, small loaves of bread, 5,000 people. That afternoon, he walks on water, no big deal. Next day, next day, everyone shows up again. Why do you think they showed up again? Free food, Right? It's like what the church does best in youth ministry, right? It's like they show up and Jesus calls them, he, he calls their spade. He's like, Jesus says, hey, you're not after me. You're after the bread that I gave you yesterday. But he says, don't, don't go for the bread that perishes. You want the bread that's eternal is what you really want. And the way you get that is through believing. It's the work of the Father, he says, believe. And so they say back to him, hey, we want to believe in you, but, but in the 
Old Testament, now there was their Bible, there's the story of Moses in the wilderness and God sent bread from heaven, manna. If you'll do that, we'll believe in you. He had just done that the day before. So this is where we start reading and to honor God's word, I want you to stand up. We're gonna start reading John chapter six in verse 32. Then Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven. First reference to Christmas when Jesus came down from heaven, the incarnation, when he showed up in the manger, he pre-existed before that. He was in heaven. That's when he came down from heaven. He says again, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am what? The bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For... This word for could also be translated because, since, or why. Here's the big why for Christmas. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Notice he's brought up the last day multiple times in Advent. He's like great Advent leader talking about his second coming also. Verse 41, so the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They knew he was talking about Christmas. Listen to this. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? They knew the little characters that are in your manger scene. They knew those people. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Pray with me. If you're able to kneel, I want to invite you to that. If you're not able, you can just sit down. Uh, let's ask God to speak. I'm going to guide you to pray before I actually pray my words. Uh, I don't know what it is that you're seeking satisfaction in right now. Uh, I don't know... Uh, students, uh, kids here in the room, wh what it is that you think you need to have under the Christmas tree in order for you to be satisfied with Christmas. Uh, parents, I don't, I don't know what, what it is, uh, the promotion at work, uh, new 
a, a moment with your extended family? What is it that you think you need for satisfaction? I want you to just confess that to God and just say, God, I, I recognize I want this really bad right now. And then, then ask, ask him to help you see what, 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 what really can satisfy you. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that if there's anything that I've prepared that is not what you want your people to hear, that you take it away. Uh, if there's stuff that I haven't seen in this passage as I've been prepping this week that you want to show us today, uh, bring it out and let me see, help me grow and learn even as I teach today. God, I pray that we would be able to today, as Jesus teaches that he's the bread of life, that we would be able to experience this Christmas the deepest spiritual satisfaction of our souls that we've ever experienced. In Jesus' name, amen. As I prompt you to pray, I'll just confess, like for Christmas for me, so often as I think about Christmas, I think about that epic family moment, right? Like I, I want all the bread to come out of the oven at the right time, right? And, and all the extended family to be together around the table with no conflict. And, and I, I want there to be this, this prayer that is just divine, that's led by one of the patriarchs or matriarchs in the home. And there's, there's this, and then we share together and like, but even if that happened, you know what's going to happen at the end of the meal? Someone's going to burp. Someone's going to take offense to it. I don't know what it is that you're looking forward to for Christmas. But nothing, nothing apart from what Jesus wants to give you can satisfy. And I want you to see what Jesus gives at Christmas. Verse 35 is where I'll start preaching. I am the bread of life, Jesus taught. I am, I am the name of God in the Old Testament. The great I am, right? When God revealed his name to Moses at the burning bush, he said, I am. Jesus in John, John, one of Jesus' best friends, tells us that seven different times Jesus took that name and he pointed to himself with a special illustration, and it's warm now already. It smells good here. I don't know if you can smell it there yet. Here, the first in the book of John, Jesus points to, he says, I am the bread of life. Life there is the word zoe. It's what we see in the New Testament multiple times pointed to as the abundant life, eternal life, uh, the life to the full. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. If you're taking notes, Jesus was born to satisfy your soul. Jesus was born to satisfy your soul. And I want you to see, as Jesus teaches, the intent of the divine baker and the joy of the human partaker. All right, you with me? Jesus was born to satisfy your soul. I am the bread 
of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger, who believes will never thirst. The intent of the divine baker, the joy of the human partaker. Verse 36, let's see the intent of God. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. They had seen him, they had been around him, but not just seen him, they had seen him do supernatural signs. That's why they're back the next day. They had seen him feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread. They had seen him, but instead of it prompting their faith, it prompted their appetite for something that was physical and selfish. And instead of it promoting in their life an exalting of Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, it moved them maybe even motivated by a political interest or a desire to see him do something for them that was right now temporal, that would satisfy for a moment, but not last. Verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I don't want to just skim over those words. He's going to repeat the same teaching. This is one of the passages in the scripture where you will see what some theologians call the eternal security of the believer. He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Verse 38, 4. Because, since, why, why Christmas, I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of the divine baker, the will of him who sent me, the bread of life. Well, what was the will of the one who sent him into the world? Verse 39 tells us, and this is the will of him who sent me, the will of the divine baker that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up, them up, those who he has given on the last day. What did Jesus just say? Jesus just said, I came into the world to satisfy your soul. Not based on something that you do, but based on something I'm going to do for you. In fact, not only does he say that, he says this is something that you can have full confidence in. That if you taste of me, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will be raised up on the last day. Do y'all see his words? Well, how does, how does that satisfy us? Uh, this last week, in our church, uh, we celebrated the life of a four-month-old baby who died. Tragic loss, some of y'all know a sweet young couple in our church who had twins some four months ago. The baby died a little about a week and a half ago. 
as I talked with their parents and this, their parents, and, and I've told them this, I actually shared it with the, the, the service, their faith, their faith has amazed me and those that have been around them. But as I talked to these parents, I asked, what is it that you would want me to share with the room at your daughter's funeral? Their words to me, tell them God is faithful and God has a plan. God is faithful and God has a plan. Now, I, I don't know what it is that you're trying to get at Christmas, but I can guarantee you if it's anything apart from Christ, it can and it will at one point be taken away. There is no lasting satisfaction apart from Jesus. But when you taste of Jesus, even when the most important thing is taken away, you can still say, God is faithful and God has a plan. That there's a will of my Father. This is the will. For this reason I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament of David. And King David had a sick child. And this sick child, David, prayed for, he fasted for, he on his face would not eat, was crying out to God, don't take this baby away. The baby died. David gets up, takes a bath, and he eats. And his servants are like, what are you doing? When the baby was alive, you were like, Praying, fasting, not eating, and now he's dead. And, he, and David said, I can't go to him, but, I mean, I, I say it backwards. He can't come to me, but I know I will go to him. That there's a hope, there's a hope that I will see this raised up on the last day. Why? Because he knew that through the coming of the promise that God would send someone eventually that would be the Messiah, that would take away the sin of the world, he knew, I will go to him. I don't know what it is. I don't know, there's, there's so much smaller versions of this, right? Your, your Nike shoes that you want under the Christmas tree in six months are going to be worn out, right? There's something that will never be worn out. He will wipe away every tear that the God who came will come again and because of Jesus, y'all with me? Jesus was born to satisfy your soul, the deepest spiritual longings of your life, the intent of the divine baker. The baker wanted to bake something that would satisfy every need in your life eternally. There's no enemy too strong. There's no battle too hard. There's no sin too ingrained. No disease too chronic. No addiction too destructive. No news too devastating. Our God has sent his son to satisfy forever. 
Jesus was born to satisfy your soul, the intent of the divine baker. Now let's look at the joy of the human partaker. Back up to verse 35. I am, I am Yahweh. I am the bread of life, the abundant life, the the life to the full. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. The, the bread that Jesus wanted to offer the people that he has baked, that the divine baker baked when he sent his son Jesus, the, the oven dinged at Christmas and he came out, right? The, the, the bread, if you take, the, they, this week was my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bride... My bride made an amazing cake. This cake that she, she puts a pudding and, and uh, uh, applesauce in and uh, homemade frosting on top. And it's like, oh, so good. So good. I, I wanted, and I had some. The next day, you know what? You know what I wanted? Some more, yes. I wanted more. And, and the people that are around Jesus right now, they want what they actually ate the day before. They want more. And if Jesus were to just give them that, you know what they'd want the next day? More. Yes. Same thing's true for the Nike shoe you want on the Christmas tree this year. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. If you had just been reading through the book of John, uh, you would probably have this, this something happening in your brain. He's like, wait, Jesus just talked about this in chapter four. In chapter four, Jesus has a dialogue with the woman at the well. You remember the story? The woman at the well is coming to get water, and I'm going to just, for fun of it, I'm going to go back. Here we go. Chapter four, you can turn there in your Bible if you want. Chapter four, he says in verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, this is what he at Christmas gives us through Christ. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. That's water that has a source and continues to run. The woman said to him, sir, You have nothing to draw water with, and the well is too deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, pointing at the well, will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
Have you ever been around someone who's walking close to Jesus and in their life something happens like happened to this beautiful young couple this last week and when it happens, you look at them and you think they're gonna be destroyed, devastated. How do they live? And then you get around them and you see in them something welling up. There's like this hope. There's something they're looking forward to. There's like even a joy in pain and you're thinking what's going on have you all ever seen that it's Jesus it's them having tasted of this bread that he has offered and because they have the bread of life in their soul it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt it doesn't mean it isn't it's not hard to breathe at times it hurts so much it means that there is hope on the other side of the hurt. There's a soul satisfaction that is found in that you know that there's no one that is gonna take you or your baby away from Jesus and that he is gonna be raised up on the last day and you get to be with him. Not based on what you do, based on what he has done. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Go to with me down to verse 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. How, if, if, if this is what Jesus wants to offer us, how do you taste of him? How do you eat of Jesus? If he's the bread of life, how do you do it? Well, some of you might point out and you would rightfully point out verse 39 says this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise him up on the last day doesn't look like I do anything in that it's this that's the will of God that that Jesus is going to lose none of those that have been given to Jesus and he's going to raise him up on the last day doesn't sound like I'm part of that at all that that's the sovereignty of God and there's some people that look at these theologies here and they say they can't go together. And I would say John even shows you and Jesus teaches they go together. The sovereignty of God and the response ability of man that we can respond by faith. He says in the passage again that we get to believe. We get to verse 35, come to him. We get to verse 40, look on him. You want to taste of the bread that Jesus gives. You know what you do? You come to him, you believe in him, and you find something that is above your circumstances. This is uh, the book that many of you are going through with the Advent blocks. Uh, last night, as our family was going through our little Advent, uh, actually we had, yes, I won't, I won't point out again, but yes, people here in the room, that it was, yes, we were reading and I was like, this is it, this is what, what, what we do to taste of the, it's almost like God is sovereign and he has a plan or something, but it was pointing us back to Abraham. You know the story of Abraham. Abraham could not have children. And he was really old. Like he and his wife, 90 and 100. And God had promised that through you I'm going to send children. And, and there's going to be, uh, through those, that, that offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And there's going to be like more than all the stars in the sky of children. And, and David is in a foreign place that God had sent him to. He's old, no kids. Where does he find satisfaction? God came back to Abraham a few more times and he kept pointing Abraham to the stars and even through the promise 
seem, even though the promise seemed crazy, and some of you think the promise of Jesus and that him coming back in eternity is crazy. Even though the promise seemed crazy, Abraham believed what God had said. And God was with Abraham. The New Testament writers say Abraham believed and it was cr- counted to him as righteousness. Even though Abraham was too old to have children, even though his wife was too old to have children, even when Abraham started to doubt God's promises, God was with Abraham. You know, the bread of life has come. Do you know the bread of life has come? And that you and I have the opportunity, we have the opportunity to taste of it. How do we taste of it? We come to him, the one who's come to earth. When, when Christmas happened, the oven dinged, right? That's that the bread of life came. And you and I, the words again, verse 35 and 40, we can come to him, we can look to him, behold him. Uh, Jeff Warren, pastor that used to be here for years, would say, some of you need to stop trying to be like him and just behold him. Perfect timing. Aha. Yeah. Uh-huh. Can you smell it yet? Anybody? Can, yes? Some of you are saying yes. Yeah. Uh, before first hour, some, I had kids saying, hey, what are you going to do with the bread? If you're a guest here today, we have a special, special treat for you. And actually, we do have a gift that we give guests, uh, but we might add to it today. If you can beat all the youth kids that show up out there at like first hour. Uh, the bread, the bread. How do, you, how do you partake? How do you partake? Interestingly, interestingly from this passage, if you keep going in the passage, there are many people that read John 6 and they think John 6 is teaching, John 6 is teaching that you have to eat the bread of the Lord's Supper and drink the wine of the Lord's Supper in order to be raised up on the last day. Some people think that that's what, it, why, do you, why do they think that? Well, skip down with me if you want. You can, you can read this all later. It's like free domain, believe it or not. The greatest book that's ever been written, bestseller of all time, you can read it anytime. Skip down with me to verse 54. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Y'all see those words? So you see why some people think, well, he's talking about communion here. And so if he's talking about communion here, they think, that means I've got to take communion in order to be saved. I don't think that's what he's saying here for two reasons. One, if John thought communion was that important when he was recording Jesus' words, the only time that he would have, he spends the most time in the upper room than any other disciple and he does not talk about communion in John's gospel. Second, I mean, I could give you a lot of reasons. (laughs) Here's another, uh, every time communion is referred to in the scripture, he talks about the body of Christ has been broken for you. This is a different word, Uh, this, it's, it, it, if he was trying to point communion. The most obvious is in the text. Jesus is using, using an illustration to point people to a spiritual truth. He wants them to see something that's physical in front of them so that they would go to something that's spiritual. 
Look at, look at how, you, how verse 40 and 53 overlap. For this is the will of the Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Which, by the way, that's the message that's repeated over and over and over again in the New Testament. Faith, trust, believe. What he is doing is he's using the physical illustration of bread and wine. Watch, because those overlap directly. Verse 54, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. You know what he's saying? The way you feed of my flesh and drink of my blood, the way you feed of my flesh and drink of my blood is looking to the son and believing in him. Y'all see that? Y'all see that? That's the way you feed of his flesh and you drink of his blood. So, what are you going to for satisfaction? Are you going to anything this Christmas apart from Christ? I want, I want the smell of bread, the thought of wanting a pastry this Christmas to prompt you in your life to instead look at the bread this Christmas. Instead, I want you to let it be an autocorrect to an extent. You can still have that donut if you really want it. But to stop yourself and say, hey, the only thing that can satisfy me is Jesus. To prompt your heart to look to him for satisfaction above all else. You with me? Pray. God, I pray in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit that we would not, we would not allow ourselves to seek satisfaction in things that are not going to fill us. Yes, that we could enjoy Christmas this year. That, that, that we, it's not bad to, to look forward to a present or to family or to uh, whatever. The, but if that's, it will, it will not be eternally satisfied if that's what we're going to. God, that we put you above it, that we look to you, that we believe in you and what you have done through your son. The eternal security we have in Christ. The hope that we get to be with you forever, now and forever. Some of you in the room have never placed your faith in Jesus. You've never given your life to Christ. I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now. Say, God, I, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess my sin. And Father, I want to turn from my sin to Christ. I believe you sent Jesus to be the bread of life. That, that he has secured a place for me in heaven through his death on the cross. And I'm ready to follow you. If that's happened, you've, you've tasted of the bread that nothing can take you from the Father. Those of you who have tasted the bread, are, are you still going to it? Or are you running the other way? Look to him, turn to him. Let the spiritual disciplines that you know that I don't have to repeat define your Christmas more than chasing the pastries. In Jesus' name. Before we go, I want to invite you, if you want to have a conversation with someone, someone thought I was going to say if you want to have a piece of bread, didn't you? That's, that's, yeah. If you want to have a conversation with someone, you can text the word TALK 
to 96123. Again, the word talk to 96123. We're down the hall to my left. We have the Next Steps team, group of people that at one point in their life have needed prayer, one point in their life wanted to plug into a group, at one point in their life needed to have someone help them understand what it looks like to follow Christ. So wherever you are, we want to help you take that next step. And so you can text talk or you can come find us in the hall. I will be in the Welcome Center. I would love to meet our guests. We do have other gift for you apart from this. I will be there. I would love to see you. The rest of you, the rest of you, okay? This Christmas, every time you smell bread, think of bread, want carbohydrates. (laughs) Jesus satisfies you with me? Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go love. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.